Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. The Comic Web sells all the old time radio programs heard on our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check out our Superman radio podcast, and we have a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. Go to our website, comicweb.com, for information on how to get them, or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. This week our podcast is a long one. It's Adventures by Morse. It's a three-part story, and I just couldn't only play one part for you. So you'll get the full story of You'll Be Dead in a Week. It's about an hour long in total. It first aired in September of 1944. Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... You'll be dead in a week, featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. in the evening, somewhere out on the Strip to the west of Hollywood. In case you don't know, the Strip is a portion of Sunset Boulevard, which runs through and adjacent to some of the more exclusive residential districts between Hollywood and the Pacific Ocean. In the Strip are some of the more expensive shops, salons, and eating and drinking places. The Strip is not a portion of Los Angeles Captain Friday and his operative Skip Turner would be apt to patronize. Certainly not the flossy drinking establishments with soft lights, boudoir furnishings, and intimate music. And yet, here they are, Captain Friday and Skip Turner, uncomfortably seated on two small chairs before a two-small table in a half-lighted corner of Maggie's Intimate Drinking Salon. Hey, Captain. Huh? You sure enough trying to bore me to death. You aren't any more bored than I am. Well, then what are we sticking here for? All this plush and soft lights and elegance. Business. We gonna do business in Maggie's intimate drinking saloon? <laughs> Not saloon. S-A-L-O-N? Salon. Well, pardon me while I arch my pinky. Oh. I asked you a question, Captain. Did you? Yeah. What kind of business we got here in Maggie's place? By the way, where is Maggie? I don't know. Well, it says Maggie's saloon. Salon. Yeah. All the folks I've seen is a half-check girl out yonder, the one waiter, and the bartender in the next room. And you know, that ain't very many people. Not a very large establishment. Yeah. Seat about 20 or 30 at the most. That's what it means by Maggie's intimate drinking salon. Small, quiet, and exclusive. Darn exclusive, if you ask me. We're all the guests they got. Isn't there anyone in the other room? No, nope, I can see in there. Nobody but the bartender and the piano player. That makes four of them and only two of us. Piano player, bartender, waiter, and hat-check girl. Now, look at Cap, about this hat-check girl. Skip, right at the moment, we're not interested in hat-check girls. We ain't interested in a hat-check girl. Oh, you mean the business we got here? Right. Oh. Okay, spill it. Just a minute. Waiter's coming over. Why? We don't want no more of this stuff. Order anyway. Hmm. Will there be something more, gentlemen? I guess so. Same as before. And you, sir? Yeah, bring me a glass of milk. Uh, milk? That's what I said, milk. 
I beg your pardon? Go on, get me a glass of milk and quit looking like you never heard of the stuff. I will see what can be done. Hey, and wait a minute. Yes. Why ain't that piano player in there playing? It is a little early in the evening yet. Well, it ain't early if he's got paying customers, is it? I will have to take that up with him. You do that, will you? And tell him to rip off uh, the last round up of the Darktown Strutter's Ball, something like that. I will mention your suggestions to him, Darktown Strutter's Ball. <laughs> no, I don't think he cares for me. Can you blame him? When did you take up milk as a beverage? Oh, I'm just ordering milk now on account of it makes our waiters a darn mad. He takes it as a personal insult. <laughs> hey, what's that? Letter? Well, yeah, I can see it's a letter. Hey, does it explain the reason for our being here? Yeah. Want to hear it? Why, sure. Kind of fancy paper, ain't it? Ain't that a girl's handwriting? Yes, it's fancy paper and it's a girl's handwriting. Anything else you want to know? Yeah, what's it say? If you keep still long enough, I'll read it. Okay, shoot. Letter signed Eve Carson, girl who wired us in San Francisco. This is what she says. It will be very much to your advantage to meet me in Maggie's intimate drinking salon on the Strip sometime between 8 and 9 this evening. I will come directly to your table and join you as though I were an old friend. Please treat me as such. What I have to say to you will take only a few moments, but will mean a great deal to me as well as to you and your friend, Eve Carson. Is that all? That's all. And that's why we're here, Meet Eve Carson and treat her like an old friend. That's right. Here, let me have a look at that letter. Go ahead. Very much to your advantage to meet me. Hmm. Does she mean by that that uh, she's young and good-looking, you suppose? Yeah, give me that letter. Well, I always did say it was to a fellow's advantage to meet a young, good-looking girl. But look, you cap, she said between eight and nine, and it's ten minutes after nine right now. Yeah, I know. You mean she ain't coming? Hmm. You know as much as I do. But if she's not coming... Hold it. Waiter's coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, hi, sport. See you found some milk. Quite. Sure, I knew you'd find some if you tried. However, I am to inform you this is positively the last milk I can serve. This is all, huh? Positively. Don't know any accommodating cows personally, I don't suppose. If you please. Okay, let it go. Hey, did you talk to the piano player? I did. Well, why ain't he playing? He is not so disposed. He's what? He is not so disposed. Now, what kind of talk's that? Did you tell him I asked for him to play? I did. And what did he say? I'd rather not say. Oh, he did, did he? Well, darn, he's on Ray Hyde. Hey, Skip, sit uh, but, down. But, son... Sit down. Here you are, waiter. Keep the change. Thank you. Okay, beat it. With the greatest pleasure. Captain Friday, we're being insulted by the whole outfit. You started it. Me? You've been riding the waiter ever since we came in. Yeah, but I ain't done nothing to the piano player. I mean, not yet, I ain't. And you're not going to do anything to him either. Just rough him up a little, maybe? No. He a friend of yours? No. Well, then what hurt? We aren't starting anything in this place until we know why we're here. Well, it don't look to me like we're ever going to know. Your girlfriend Eve Carson said between 8 and 9, and it's 9.15 right now. Wait a minute. And... Somebody's coming in. Oh, sure enough. More customers. No women, though. You can see out in the hallway? Yeah, three men. Giving up the coach to the hat check girl. Huh. Funny place for three men to come without women. Well, after all, we came without women. For a reason. Besides, we expected to meet a woman here. Here they come. Yeah. Huh. Sitting down across the room from us. Queer-looking setup. Skip. Yeah. 
you have to stare at them. Huh? Was I? Yeah. Now relax. Hey, do you see what I see? What do you see? Well, two of our three customers are gorillas. They're toting pistols, and they don't seem to care who knows it. Hmm. Well, on the flea bit side, don't seem to have much in common with the third member of the party. Yeah, he's a kind of nice-looking fella, ain't he? Now, what you suppose he's doing associating with them kind of monkeys? Skip, stop looking in their direction. Yeah? Why? They know we're talking about them. They don't like it. So they don't like it. Now, look, Skip. We came here for a special purpose. We don't care why a good-looking, well-dressed, obviously cultured young man is associating with a couple of thugs. It's none of our business. Okay, fella. Hey, waiter. Now, what do you want? Hey, waiter. Uh, you spoke to me? That's right. Get me another glass of milk. I think I told you there is no more milk. Now, look, am I going to have trouble with you? I beg your pardon. Get me another glass of milk. And perhaps uh, you'd prefer to go to some other establishment. No, I wouldn't prefer to go to some other establishment. Get me a glass of milk and step on it. I will see what I can do. Well, go on and do it. Next thing he'll be wanting is a nursing bottle. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> yeah. What are you antagonizing him for, Skip? You really don't want any more milk. I know it. It's just that I'm bored. Besides, he's been a trying to hi-hat us all evening. Hey, will you excuse me for a minute? Skip, sit down. No, I got something I got to attend to. Well, at least tell me what you're up to so I can be prepared. <laughs> well, sir, I'm going in there and talk to the piano player for a minute. What about? Music, son, music. What do you talk to piano players about? Look, Skip, take it easy. This place is loaded with dynamite. Yeah? Yeah. Now watch your step. Oh, shucks, Captain. Can't do no hurt just having a little music lesson. Well, hi, son. You the whole doggone symphony orchestra in this here joint? That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Mind if I lean on your piano? Why not? Thanks. My name's Skip Turner. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's my sidekick in yonder, Captain Bart Friday. So what? Nothing. That's a funny joint you got here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, it's all dolled up like a woman's bedroom. If you don't like it, there's lots of other places on the strip. Sure, I know. Funny thing, though, it don't seem like this was the kind of place that would attract a couple of gunslinging gorillas, now does it? Huh? What's the matter? There's a couple of trigger men in here now. Why, sure. You surprised? Why do you come in here and tell me? Sit down. Stop looking over your shoulder. And I still want to know why you came in here and told me. Just thought you might be interested. Uh-oh, here comes a waiter with my milk. In here, waiter. You always drink milk? Not always. Sometimes, more than others. How about having a real drink on the house? Nope. Thanks, just the same. Oh, you wish your milk served here? Yeah, I'll tell you. Hey, did you ever try sipping milk like wine? Tastes all right. <coughs> you threw that milk in my face. Yeah, I threw that glass of milk in your face. How dare you? Listen, son, don't ever try to serve me no Mickey Finn. Don't never do it. Especially in a glass of milk. You threw that milk in my face. Look at my uniform. Mm. Maybe you want to make something of it? Well, what's the matter with you, piano player? Sit down. This ain't your party. That's right. It ain't my party, is it? Oh, what about it, waiter? You want we should bounce each other around for a while, or she will call it quits? There, il bred clout. And there he goes. Call me an ill-bred clout on account I didn't drink his Mickey Finn. We don't save Mickey Finns in this place. The heck you don't. We don't save Mickey Finns in this place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, son, I'm awful sorry to have to differ with you, but that waiter shown up tried to dish me up one in that glass of milk. I think it's time you and your friends were leaving. Hey, is that friendly? You're more trouble than you're worth. Get your things and get out. You don't say. Yeah. You know, fella, you almost talk like you was the owner of this joint. I am. Oh, now, come on. Don't give us that stuff. Says right on a sign outside the door that this is Maggie's drinking emporium. I'm Maggie. <laughs> no kidding. And they want you and your pal out of here in two minutes. And just to prove it... Hey. You're now looking down the muzzle of a thirty-eight. and his right-hand man, Skip Turner, rushed from San Francisco to Hollywood on a strange and mysterious mission. They were directed to Maggie's intimate drinking salon on the Sunset Strip, where they were to meet a certain Eve Carson. So far, all they've discovered is Maggie, and Skip has just found out that Maggie is a pretty tough customer. I'm Maggie. (laughs) No kidding. I want you and your pal out of here in two minutes and just to prove it. Hey. You're now looking down the muzzle about 38. Well, during the fight. Yeah, that was a cute trick, flipping a pistol out of your coat that away. Never mind the compliment. Gather up your pal and get going. Can you play that 38 as good as you play the piano? I hope for your sake I don't have to show you. Yeah. Well, I'm mighty glad to see you're standing up. What do you mean? Because I just hate hitting a fellow when he's sitting down. Oh, goodness, son. You sure did go down easier than I expected. Feeling kind of rubbery in the knees? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like I always said. A fella shouldn't never ought to pull a gun unless he intends to use it. <laughs> fella, you're just playing out on your feet. <laughs> That's it. Sit down. Okay, sprawl on the piano if that's how you feel. I gotta be getting back to Captain Friday. Nice meeting you. Be seeing you later. Hey, Captain, you... Well, I'll be doggone, a little old female girl. Where'd you get her, boss? Don't pay any attention to him. He's only Skip Turner. Hello, honey. Hello, Skip. She's ours all right, ain't she? What's that? I mean, she's a little old Eve Carson, sugar, we've been waiting for. Yes, she's Eve Carson. Where'd we get her? She came in while you were in the other room with the piano player. What happened? Oh, I had to smack him a little. He's in there now with his head in his arms, laying over the keyboard, listening to the birdies. And say, you know who he is? No. Do you? Why, sure. He told me. He's Maggie. Maggie? Sure, you know. Maggie's in him a drinking saloon. Salon, Skip. Yeah. Ain't that a heck of a name for a man? Maggie. But his name isn't Maggie. But he said he owned this place. That's right, but his name isn't Maggie. Well, he can't amount to very much. Playing his own piano, acting as his own bouncer in his own little dive. That's where you're mistaken. Skip. Yeah? How did you get away with it? Well, you mean socking it? Yes. People don't smack Blackie North. Who's Blackie North? The owner of this place. The man you hit. A gang leader and plenty dangerous. Him dangerous? Yes. And what I want to know is why hasn't one of his trigger men shot holes in you? Trigger men? See here. Who are you anyway? Eve Carson. Sure, we know that. But who are you? Why did you ask us to meet you in this hangout? Why is it to our advantage to meet you? Who's Blackie North, and why does he have trigger men? And what connection have you with him? Well, that's a lot of questions. And I want a lot of answers. You'll get them. Don't worry. Yeah, and there's one more thing I want to answer, too. What's that? 
I want to know why a good-looking boy and them two gorillas across the room haven't taken their eyes off you since I come back to the table. And you'll get an answer to that, too. You mean those three men over there are in this, too? Yes. Those two rats are a couple of Blackie North's torpedoes. Yeah? And who's a good-looking dude? Oh, that's Wesley. Wesley, huh? Yes, my brother, Wes Carson. Oh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Captain Matt, there's her brother, Wes Carson. Yeah, I heard her. Apparently, Wesley doesn't like his sister out with a couple of strange men in a dump of this kind. I don't know as I blame him so much at that. Yeah, how about me going over and introducing myself and bringing them over here? Oh, no. Why not? For two reasons. First? Well, one of those gunmen will prob- probably blow a hole in anyone who goes near Wes. You don't say. Second? What? You said you had two reasons for not going after your brother. Oh, oh second. Well, I... I've got to tell you why I asked you to come here before anything more happens. Oh, you're expecting something more to happen? Well, it's bound to since Skip here slapped Blackie North around. Okay. Relax and tell us about it. Well, first, I've got to tell you who Wes and I are. We're the only members of our family left. I'm 24 and Wesley's 28. And between us, we're worth maybe a million, maybe two million dollars. Don't go on, little old female gold mine. Well, that's what a lot of the smart boys thought. Nobody's worked me yet. Yeah? Go on with your story, Eve. Oh, yes. We came to California about two years ago after Father, our last living relative, died in the East. We loved it out here. The first year, just getting acquainted. All the resorts and places to play. Oh, it was wonderful. Finally, about a year ago, we rented a house in Beverly Hills because Wes thought it would be fun to be near Hollywood and thought we might get acquainted with some of the motion picture crowd. What's all this leading to? To what's happening tonight. I'm almost through now. About two weeks ago, something happened to my brother. He was coming downstairs to breakfast one morning when he suddenly lost consciousness and plunged headfirst downstairs. Oh, I get it. He bumped his head in the fall and he ain't been the same ever since. And now he's mixing with gangsters. No, I I almost wish it was that. What did happen? Well, he wasn't hurt in the fall, but he went to our doctor to find out why he lost consciousness. And why did he? Well, that's the whole story. There's something dreadful the matter with him. Something incurable. I, I don't know much about it. All I know is the doctor told Wes, in a week, you'll be dead. What's that? Hey, he didn't. Yes, he did. In so many words, in a week, you'll be dead. You didn't just take one doctor's word for it. Oh, no. We checked with three other specialists. And they all say in a week your brother Oviando will be dead? Yes. Well, where do we come into the picture? Well, well, I heard about you boys. Read about some of your adventures. I mean, you sounded like the, the kind of men a couple of people in trouble could depend on. You're darn tootin', honey. Just a minute, Skip. Huh? Let's hear what you have in mind first, Miss Carson. Well, it's perfectly simple. Naturally, when Wes heard the bad news, he was hit pretty hard. He didn't make a big scene or anything, but he kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, what have I got to lose? And he's been running wild ever since? Well, he's been doing everything he can think of that amuses him. And right now, it amuses him to be tied up with Blackie North and his bunch of cutthroats. Yes. And what do you want us to do? Look, he's only got a week more to live. Well? Well, if, if you two could could sort of look out for him, take care of him, protect him. Protect him from what? What? Well, from himself, I, 
I suppose. It's a funny assignment. Oh, no, it isn't. Look, you don't understand. Well, if he's got to die, at least he can die with a family name clean. Not not as a criminal. Well, say some more. What else? Well, that's that's all. Get him out of Blackie North's clutches. Keep him out of the hands of the police. Keep him from losing his life in some crazy or criminal experience. Or from committing suicide when he's low in his mind. Keep him from hurting himself or anyone else for this week that's left. Hey, now, that's an order that is an order. In other words, your brother figures he's got just a week to live, so what difference does it make what he does or how he does it? Yes, that's it exactly. Well, honey, uh, it ain't pleasant to say, but what difference does it make? Oh, no, he mustn't. He's fine and clean and good. He's always lived that way until... until this happened. He can't become something evil now, something that society once wiped out, something to make sensational headlines for the paper. Oh, no, he mustn't. If I get you right, you want us to curb his last week of fun just so you can write he was a good man on his tombstone. You're wrong. You were never more wrong. I want him to have all the fun and excitement he wants. All I'm asking is that you folks keep him out of trouble, keep him out of jail, keep him from harm or violence. Oh, so that's it. And him not caring what he does. Well, it's worth $10,000 to me. Ten grand. <clears throat> Cappy, that ain't hay. You mean that? Ten thousand and expenses. And here's a thousand in small bills to show good faith. Yeah? What about it, Skip? Put that grand in your pocket before she changes her mind. All right, Miss Carson. It's a bargain. And a bad one, if I'm not mistaken. It won't be easy. The police are looking for Wes right now. What's that? Hey, you didn't tell us that. Why should I? Hey, Cappy. Trouble's coming up. What sort of trouble? Well, I've been watching the hat check girl... This is the third time she's turned customers away. She keeps telling people the place is full up. Not letting anyone in, huh? Uh-huh. Blackie North still unconscious on the piano in the next room? Yep. Still laying just like a laughter. Miss Carson. Yes? I think our first move to help your brother will be to free him from those two trigger men over there. Well, they're just Blackie North's men. If you really want to help him, free him from Blackie North. Eventually. But first, we'll wrap up those two gorillas. Skip. Yeah. I'll go get them. Hey, what about me? You sit tight with Miss Carson. Keep an eye on the next room and especially watch the back door. Don't let anyone poke a gun through a crack and open up on us. Oh, you'll be shut down before you get halfway across the room to my brother. Are those two men with your brother? Yes. <laughs> watch and see. Keep me covered, Skip. Dive in when I yell. You bet you. Why, Skip? What's the matter with Captain Friday? He acts like he was drunk. Yeah, good job acting, too. Staggering closer and closer to your brother's table. You... You mean it's just an act? Yeah. He's almost close enough now. Now watch. Get him, Skip. Had a boy, Captain. That's both of them. And now if you'll excuse me, son, I'll tap that waiter on the chin and make it 100%. Hello, Wesley, old kid. Boss wants to talk to you. Hey, what's the idea? Who asked you to crash my party? Sorry to butt in like this. Well, I was sitting here quietly drinking with a couple of friends. The next thing I know, you two have beaten them into unconsciousness. <laughs> Take it easy, fella. Well, who do you think you are, anyway? How about coming over to our table and talking it over? Why? Because I think that's how your sister would like it. She is your sister, isn't she? Eve? Certainly. Now then, come on. Well, how do we do, Miss Carson? You boys are rather wonderful, you know that. Oh, how the lady does talk. Sit down, Carson. Hello, Wes. What's the idea, Eve? 
Are you the cause of all this? The cause of what, Wesley? Well, a whole Blackie North gang lying around like a bunch of stiffs. Even Blackie himself sprawled across his piano in there. Do you really mind? I mean, they're nothing to you, are they? Oh, why should they be anything to me? I just thought they might be amusing. But, Eve, if you think anyone's going to bounce Blackie North and his men around the way they've been bounced around tonight and not pay for well, how about letting us worry about that, son? Well, who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Skip Turner, and this is Captain Bart Friday. Will somebody tell me what this is all about? Sure. Your sister here has hired us to play bodyguard and fall guy for you during the next week. She told you I'd be dead in a week? That's right. But during that time, I intend doing whatever it suits me to do? Yeah. And you two guys are crazy enough to agree to see me through? Why not? <laughs> suits me. You asked for it. Hey, you seem doubtful, fella. Naturally. Dangerous, huh? Unless you or the police put Blackie North out of the way, he'll get you. As sure as we're sitting here. Yeah, let's not worry about that for now. Your sister said the police wanted you. Eve, you told them... Why not? They're here to protect you from the police as well as everyone else. Is that on the square? Looks like it. We gave our word we'd see you through everything for a week. Well, if you mean it... We do. Now, why did the police want you... They don't know they want me. They just want the guy who stole this handful of diamonds out of a certain movie star's bedroom last night. Holy mackerel, Captain. Look at them diamonds. Anybody else know you stole them? No. Why'd you do it? Just for the thrill, just to see if I could. Mind if I take them? Sure, why not? What do you want them for? Just thinking how pleased the police would be to come along and find these diamonds in Blackie North's pocket. What's that? Yeah, and how surprised Blackie would be. You, You mean plant them on Blackie? Why not? Didn't you say that unless we finished him off or the police got him, he'd stop at nothing until we were dead? Yes, that's true. And we're doing two good deeds. Helping the police capture a criminal and fixing it so we won't be murdered. Skip, go out to the bar and get the police on the telephone. Tell them to hurry out to Maggie's intimate drinking saloon. Salon, Skip. Yeah. And what'll I say when they ask me who's talking? Oh, tell them you're a fairy godmother to all good policemen. <laughs> Man, that's something I always wanted to be. <laughs> fairy godmother to a policeman. <laughs> Captain... We're not going to be here when the police arrive, are we? Not at all. As soon as Skip has stirred up the police, I suggest we adjourn to the Carson home for a good night's rest. Yes, everything's prepared for you two to stay with us. No, I don't want to go home. But, Wes... I don't want a good night's rest. You know what I want to do? What do you want to do? I want to rob a bank. Wes... And I know just the bank I want to rob. Wes, you can't rob a bank. Yes, I can. For seven days, I can do anything I want to. You've agreed to cover up for me. But why do you want to rob a bank? Because I've never robbed a bank. And in seven days, I'll be dead. Hi, Cappy. I tied up the hatchet girl and gagged her. Hey, you hear that? What's the matter? The police. They're coming. You mean you called them? I didn't have to. They got wind of something. Hey, we better get moving. Everybody out the back way. We can't get caught here. Carson, take your sister. Come on, Skip. <laughs> First it's Blackie North and now it's the police. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Here is a strange assignment for Captain Friday and Skip Turner. The guarding of a man who has only a week to live. Listen next week to the second episode of You'll Be Dead in a Week, entitled $200,000 to Lose. Next week, at the same time, you are listening to Adventures by Morse.
Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... You'll be dead in a week. Featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder... Come with me. Late yesterday afternoon, Captain Friday and his operative Skip Turner hopped a plane in San Francisco and hurried south to Hollywood on a very mysterious mission. They were instructed to meet Eve Carson at a place called Maggie's Intimate Drinking Salon. It's a flossy drinking establishment located on the Sunset Strip, an exclusive small shop district. The two boys landed at the municipal airport, hustled off the plane, and grabbed a cab to their destination. They found Maggie's Intimate Drinking Salon an intriguing spot. But they were even more intrigued with the story Eve Carson was telling them. Right from the beginning, Miss Carson. Well, you see, Captain Friday, my brother Wesley and I came to California after father, our last living relative, died in the East. Between us, we're worth a million, maybe two million dollars. Oh, gold, a little old female gold mine. Well, that's what a lot of the smart boys thought. Nobody's worked me yet. Go on with your story. We loved it out here, and we're very happy. Then about two months ago, something happened. My brother was coming down to breakfast one morning when suddenly he lost consciousness and plunged headfirst down the stairs. I see. Bumped his head in the fall and he hasn't been the same since. No, he apparently wasn't hurt in the fall. But he went to our doctor to find out why he lost consciousness. The doctor told him, Wes, in a week you'll be dead. He didn't take just one doctor's word for it. Oh, no, we checked with three other specialists. And they all say your brother will be dead in a week? Yes. I see well, of course, we're very sympathetic, Miss Carson, but where do we fit into the picture? Ever since Wes heard the bad news, well, he just shrugged his shoulders and said, what have I got to lose? And he's been running wild ever since, huh? He's been doing everything that amuses him. Right now, it amuses him to be tied up with Blackie North and his bunch of cutthroats. Blackie North? Hey, you mean the gangster? Yes. But see here, I, I don't see where Please, we... Please, Captain Friday, if you could sort of look out for him, take care of him. Protect him. Protect him from what? Why, from himself, I, I suppose. If he's got to die, at least he can die with the family name clean, not as a criminal. If I get you right, you want us to curb his last week of fun just so you can write he was a good man on his tombstone. But this little conference wasn't the only thing that took place at Maggie's intimate drinking salon. Skip Turner, a little bored with the inactivity in the dimly lighted cocktail bar, picked a fight with the piano player and laid him gently across the keyboard. He did the same thing with the waiter and then tied up the hat check girl, while Captain Friday disposed of two of Blackie North's gunmen who had descended on them. It was all over before Skip learned from Wes Carson, the man they were hired to protect, that the piano player was none other than Blackie North himself. Say, what are you trying to do, fella? Commit suicide? Huh? That man you just knocked out is Blackie North. Well, what about? 
You wake up some morning with a carcass full of lead. Who are you, anyway? Wes, please. They're friends of mine. Eve, are you the cause of all this? Do you mind, Wes? These gangsters are nothing to you, are they? No, they're just amusing. But Blackie North's a pretty tough guy. Somebody's going to get hurt. Who are these two fellows? This is Captain Friday and Skip Turner. How are you, Wes? Your sister here has hired us to play bodyguard and fall guy for you during this next week. Oh. She told you I'd be dead in a week? That's right. But during that time, I intend doing whatever it suits me to do? Oh, she didn't spare the horses, none. We know the score. And you guys are crazy enough to see me through? Well, we'll try to keep you out of jail. That may be more difficult than you think. The police want me, you know. Yeah? Why? Oh, they don't know they want me. They just want the guy who stole this handful of diamonds out of a certain movie star's bedroom. Hey, look at them rocks. Why'd you steal them? Just for the thrill. Just to see if I could. Anybody else know you took them? No. Hmm. Mind if uh, I take them? Not at all. I haven't any use for them. What are you going to do with them? Here, Skip. Plant these diamonds on Blackie North before he wakes up. (laughs) It'll be a pleasure. I'll go out to the bar and get the police on the telephone. We'll be doing two good deeds. Helping the police capture a criminal and fixing it so we won't be murdered. Hey, you hear that? The police are coming. Oh, must have got wind or something. Get rid of those diamonds quick, Skip. Right, boss. Come on, Eve. Wes, let's get moving. Moving where? Well, what would, uh, what would amuse you? I want to rob a bank. So the little party left Maggie's intimate drinking salon and retired to the Carson home in Beverly Hills to plan a bank robbery. That was last night. This morning, Captain Friday and Skip are seated in the breakfast nook, wondering about their next assignment with Wes Carson. Hey, with all this leather upholstery on the window seat and a glass top on a table, this looks more like a cocktail bar than a breakfast Mm -hmm. nook. I can see you don't get around much in Beverly Hills, Skip. No, and I ain't used to going without breakfast, neither. What gives? Miss Carson's preparing it, I believe. It's the maid's day off. Oh, this would have to happen to me. I'm starving. Oh, it may not be so bad. She seems a very practical girl. Yeah, but I wish she didn't have to practice on me. I... What you staring out the window for? The fog's lifting. Well, it always does about this time. What you looking at? Huh. Uh, just as I suspected. There he is on the corner. Who? One of Blackie Norris gorillas. See him? Where? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the torpedoes we beat up last night. He's watching this house, all right. Uh, you want me to go out and dust him off? No, we got more important things to attend to. And don't say anything to Eve. Might worry her. wonder if the police picked up Blackie last night. No, unfortunately, our little plan didn't work out. How do you know? I've already read the morning paper. That siren we heard was a police car, all right. But they were on their way to a club a couple of blocks down the strip. Yeah? What happened? Oh, the usual brawl. Movie actor and an orchestra leader. Well, then... Hey, that means that Blackie's got them diamonds and nobody knows it but us. It's about the size of it. We certainly played Santa Claus to Blackie last night. Now, watch it. Here's Miss Carson. Oh, good morning, Miss Carson. Good morning. Sorry to make you wait so long for breakfast. Mmm, hotcakes. I hope you like them. Please help yourself to the syrup while I pour the coffee. Could uh, we do anything to help? No, everything's under control now, I think. Please begin. <laughs> I don't need no urging. These hotcakes look delicious. Mm, and they are delicious. Man, pancakes are my favorite fruit. And these are the best I ever tasted. 
You certainly fooled me, Miss Carlson. Fooled you? How? Well, you don't look like a babe who could hash. (laughs) (laughs) That's a left-handed compliment, Miss Carson. Skip means you're so beautiful and charming, you'd never suspect you could also cook. Thank you. But I'm afraid I haven't cooked much since finishing school. Oh, you cooked in school? Well, of course. In the domestic economy class, we all had to take it. Well, blow me down. Hey, they're finally getting some sense in these colleges. Won't you have some more? No, thanks. Better save the rest of that batter for Wes. He'll be hungry when he wakes up. But you're, you're sure he's all right, Captain Friday? Oh, yes. I only put one sleeping tablet in his drink last night. They're harmless. I do wish you weren't so set on robbing a bank. So do I. And if it wasn't for you and your pancakes, Miss Carson, I'd be tempted to take it on the lamb right now. But he is set on it. That's why I gave him a pill last night. So I could make a few phone calls. Do you think he can manage it? Safely, I mean. Well, Mr. Jordan's on his way here right now. Mr. Jordan? Uh, he's the manager of the city bank. Your bank, I believe. Oh, oh, yes, of course. You say he's coming here? I'm afraid we'll have to take him into our confidence. Oh, Captain Friday, I love my brother. He's such a good, clean boy. Don't let anything happen to him. Please. We'll do our best, Miss Carson, but robbing a bank is dangerous business. I know. And and sometimes I, I think I shouldn't. But I do want him to be happy for this last week. Well, probably Jordan now. He said he'd be right over. Well, would you like to talk to him? Right here will do. I'll bring him right in. Hey, uh, you know this fellow Jordan, boss? Not very well. I've met him. Well, what if he won't go for the deal? I think we can handle him. Mr. Jordan says he knows you, Captain Friday. How are you, Jordan? Well, Captain, it's good to see you again. That's my right-hand man, Skip Turner. Oh, glad to know you, Mr. Jordan. Thank you. Well, Captain, I brought along Miss Carson's bank statement, but I must confess I'm a little puzzled by the mystery. I think I can clear it up for you. May I see the statement, please, Mr. Jordan? If it's agreeable to Miss Carson. Quite. Hmm. Well, this shows a balance of over 200000 in the checking account. Is that right? That's right. 200 grand. A face and a figure like yours and 200 grand in the bank. And a good cook besides. Oh, the Lord sure good to some people. If you finished extolling the virtues of Miss Carson Skip, we'll get down to business. I'll be quiet. But you can't keep me from dreaming. Would you be willing to risk 200,000 in this, uh, this robbery, Miss Carson? Anything for West Captain Friday. Good. We have a strange request to make of you, Mr. Jordan. Yeah. We want to rob your bank. Rob my... But but surely you're joking. No, we're in deadly earnest. We want to steal $200,000 of Miss Carson's money out of your bank. But I don't understand. Mr. Jordan, you know my brother, Wesley. Of course I know Wes. We handle his account as well as yours. He'll be dead in five days. Wes dead? That's the prophecy of the best doctors on the coast. But... But I can't believe it. He looks so healthy. Why, only yesterday I saw him. Nevertheless, Mr. Jordan, we have it on the best authority that Wesley Carson will die within five days. Apparently, there's nothing medicine can do about it. Oh, Miss Carson, I'm so sorry. Wes is such a fine young man. You can well understand that Miss Carson wants her brother to enjoy all the happiness possible during these last five days. But of course. If there's anything I can do... There is. A lot you can do. You can let him rob your bank. It's an impulse he's had since childhood. And now he feels there's no longer any reason for repressing it. Oh, I see. Here's our plan. Miss Carson will give you a check for $200,000. You distribute this money among your tellers. We'll stage the robbery. 
enter the bank and steal Miss Carson's money. Will you cooperate? Uh, well, of course I'd like to help, but robbing a bank, there are difficulties I'm sure you haven't thought of. Difficulties? What are they? Well, in the first place, we're insured against robbery. You'd have to have an understanding with the insurance company. I talked to the president of the insurance company last night. He's agreed to delay the investigation for six days. After which time, all the stolen money will be found in an ash can at the rear of the bank. Then you can tear up Miss Carson's check. Well, if the insurance company's agreeable, but what if something goes wrong? Well, you're protected. You have Miss Carson's check. You owe her nothing. You're out nothing. Have you fixed it with the police? No, I don't think they'd approve. And secondly, I'm afraid Wes might suspect. Yeah, and as long as we're in this, we might as well enjoy it. I'm afraid I don't share the same craving for excitement. When would this hole-up take place? This afternoon. Skip, Wes, and I'll enter the bank about ten minutes to three, just before closing time. Oh, good heavens. You mean you want to stage this robbery in, in broad daylight? Why not? But Wes is well known at the bank, and a lot of people know you. You'd be recognized immediately. You leave that to us. I can assure you, none of us will be recognized. You mean you wear a mask? Mm, something like that. But I have a gun in my desk. I'd be forced to use it. I know. Top drawer, left side. Just leave it in the same drawer and you won't have a chance to use it. Mm, but the more I think of this, the more ridiculous it seems. Robbing a bank in broad daylight. You, you can't get away with it. Well, it has been done. I know, but they were professionals. And besides, they're usually caught sooner or later. And another thing. There's an electric button under every teller's window. The moment one of them got suspicious, a light uh, touch one of these buttons would bring the police. Well, the tellers won't touch any buttons. Not if we have them covered. Those tellers are mostly girls. I'd never forgive myself if anything happened to one of them. Nothing worse than a fainting spell, I assure you. Oh, I'll take care of the ladies. Ask my department, Mr. Jordan. And they'll have something to talk about for the rest of their lives. You're forgetting about our guard. He also carries a gun. Oh, Hennessy? I'll take care of him, too. I don't know. He's a good man, Hennessy. Well, good men are my specialty. And it's settled? Uh, will you write out a check for 200000 Miss Carson? Not so fast, Captain. I haven't agreed to anything. Mr. Jordan, put yourself in the place of Wes Carson. Please, Mr. Jordan. He only has five days. I know, Miss Carson, but, but robbing a bank You're is... nothing to lose, Jordan. To all outward appearances, this will be an ordinary holdup as far as you're concerned. If we're caught, we'll take the rap. Why, I could lose my position or, or land in jail. Not at all. You're not to implicate yourself in any way. Well, well then... Is the check ready, Miss Carson? Here it is. $200,000 drawn on Mr. Jordan's bank. Well, I'll try. Oh, that's a way to talk, fella. We'll have a lot of preparations to make, Mr. Jordan, so you'll excuse us if we rush you off. We'll see you later in the day. Good heavens, you really mean you're going to do it today? At ten minutes to three. Oh, dear. Well, all right. But I warn you, I'll have to do my best to stop you. Of course. That's the way we want it. We'll take our chances. Well, goodbye and good luck. I certainly hope everything goes off smoothly. You don't know how grateful I am, Mr. Jordan. I'll see you to the door. Oh, dear, ten minutes before... Come on, Skip. You've got to wake Wes and then do some shopping. And then rob a bank in broad daylight. <laughs> Man alive, this is right down my alley. busy morning for Captain Friday and Skip. After waking Wes Carson and finding him none the worse for having taken a sleeping pill the night before, 
They left him eating a hearty breakfast while they departed on a shopping tour. The tour included a Hollywood studio arsenal, where they procured several rounds of blank cartridges, and a Hollywood costumers, where Captain Friday selected a number of articles of clothing and makeup items. They're now in an upstairs bedroom of the Carson home, getting ready for the big adventure, the robbing of a bank in broad daylight. Well, how do I look, Cap? Like a real ranch hand? <laughs> I'd say a cross between a ranch hand and a member of a hillbilly band. <laughs> <laughs> These blue jeans are a little tight. Well, that's in character. All cowboys wear them tight. Yeah. I gotta get used to these high heel boots, too. Feel like I'm falling down all the time. You better get over that feeling quick. The slightest mistake this afternoon, we'll all be falling through a hangman's trap. Mm. Hey, you think we can depend on Carson keeping his head? I can't tell what he'll do in the excitement. We'll have to watch him close. Have you put the blanks in his gun? Not so loud, Skip. Carson's in the next room. Yes, all the guns are carrying blanks. Oh, don't trust me either, huh? Of course I trust you. I know there's nothing like the sound of a gun going off to let people know you mean business. Hey, you mean we may have to let somebody know we mean business? I don't think so, but we're ready if we have to. I'll get it, boss. Well, howdy, partner. <laughs> Just drove a hundred hay to kettle down from the bar. They're mighty thirsty, and so am I. I want to water in my stock while I wet my whistle. <laughs> Good boy, Wes. You're a born rancher. Think I'll do? Sure you will. Oh, come in, Miss Carson. Isn't Wes wonderful? With that blonde beard, I'd never know him in a thousand years. Yeah, that ten-gallon hat makes him six inches taller. Yeah, let's see, Wes. Let me look at you. Blue serge suit, cuffs tucked into high heel boots, stiff collar, bowstring tie. Yeah, you'll do. You're a wealthy cattleman if I ever saw one. Gee, this is exciting, isn't it? I never had so much fun in my life. <laughs> I had an awful time getting him away from the mirror. You should have been an actor, Wes. <laughs> well, how you like me, Miss Carson? Of course, I ain't a wealthy cattle man like Wes and Captain Friday here. Me, I'm just a poor ranch hand that drives that big car and does all the dirty work. I love your long sideburns. <laughs> and that false nose makes you look positively beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if you saw me on the street, would you know me? Well, if I did, I, I don't think I'd admit it. <laughs> but seriously, boys, the disguises are wonderful. Even though Mr. Jordan knows you, I don't think he'll recognize you in those outfits. I hope you're right. My lives may depend on it. Now, let's go over our plan again. Uh, <clears throat> I'll get in character by rolling a cigarette. Get this now, both of you. We'll drive Miss Carson's sedan up to the curb in front of the bank. There'll be a piece of blanket hanging from the trunk in the rear. The end of the blanket will cover the license plate. That sounds all right. Naturally, I don't want Eve implicated in any way. Now, we're at the bank. We go in together. Skip a little respectfully behind Wes and me. Hmm. We go straight to Jordan's office behind the little wooden railing, Wes. What do you do, Skip? Hmm? Oh, I look for Hennessy. He'll probably be around the counter in the middle of the floor. Hennessy? Oh, oh yes, that's the guard. He ought to be easy to spot in his uniform. Oh, I'll find him. Then I ask him to show me to the washroom. It's in the rear of the building. Hennessy prides himself on being a gentleman, so I think he'll escort you back there. Well, if he don't, I'll have a gun in his ribs. He'll be polite, all right. When you get to the washroom, you tie him up and gag him. You got your materials? Mm-hmm, right here. Lariat and yellow scarf. Good. Then you get back and cover the entrance. Let anybody come in that wants to, but don't let anybody go out. <laughs> Over my dead body. Well, let's hope not. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wes, you and I are sitting in Mr. Jordan's office. Mm -hmm. We're a couple of ranchers from San Fernando Valley, and we want to negotiate a loan. Right. 
We discuss the terms of the loan with Jordan until we see Skip return from the washroom and go to the entrance. But what if Skip needs somebody else back there in the washroom? Oh, I'll take care of him. This rope's pretty long. Oh, oh well, Wes, must you go through with this? So many things can happen. Oh, don't worry, sis. We'll have a picnic. Yeah, this ain't no time to get scared. Granting everything's okay and back. If everything's okay, I'll walk through the bank... And then when I go by Jordan's office, I'll take off my hat and wipe my forehead. And when you get that signal, Wes, I remark on the heat and ask Jordan where I can get a drink of water. Now, I don't know what Jordan will say, but I do know there's a water cooler in the teller's cage adjoining Jordan's office. If he suggests the cooler, he'll probably open the door for you himself. If he doesn't, I will suggest it. You can see it from the office through the grill work. Mm -hmm. I go into the cage and get a drink from the cooler. Now, some of the tellers will probably look around as you enter the cage. But as you take a paper cup from the holder and pour yourself a drink, they'll probably continue their work. I finish my drink and whip my gun out of my coat pocket and order all tellers to step back two feet from their windows. Now, this time, I'll have taken Jordan's gun from his desk drawer. With the gun in Jordan's back, we'll both go into the cage. I'll have the tellers covered, all five of them. I take this sack from under my hat like this, and then I go to work in the number one teller. Right. You order him to empty his drawer into the sack. Then you go on to the next teller. If all goes well, it shouldn't take more than 30 seconds to empty all five drawers into the sack. Then we back out the same door we came in and break for the entrance. Uh, not break, exactly. Walk. Don't run. A lot of people in the bank won't even know what's going on. The less commotion we make, the better. Yeah, and don't forget your sack, Wes. Oh, no. It's full of money, and I've got it under my arm. I walk outside and get in the back seat of the car. I get in the front seat and start the motor. But what if you're jammed in? You know, a car in front and a car in back. In Beverly Hills, cars park facing the curb. Nothing can get in front or back of us without blocking the street. Oh, of course I know that. I I guess I, I'm so nervous I can't think. Now, I back out into the street facing south. Skip? Uh, I keep the entrance covered until I see you're ready. Then I run and jump into the front seat beside you. And we're off. Once we get into the canyons and the hills, we'll change our clothes and get rid of our disguises. We stuff the blanket into the trunk so our license plate shows. We drive calmly back here and park the car in the garage. Once we get that sack of money in the house, we're safe. Sounds great. When do we start? And let's see. It's 2.30 now. Takes us about 10 minutes to get there. 10 minutes more to get the right parking space. And we'd better be on our way now. I'm ready. Let's go. Goodbye, Wes. Let me kiss you. Oh, don't worry, Eve. Everything will be all right. But how will I know... When will you be back? It shouldn't take us more than 15 minutes to change clothes afterward. We should be back here in uh, 45 minutes. I have a feeling this is going to be the longest 45 minutes of my life. So have I. Come on, let's get it over with. You see, gentlemen, the appraisal of the property... Mr. Jordan, may I see you for a moment? Yes, of course, Mr. Littell. Uh, would you excuse me for a second? Yes, certainly, Mr. Jordan. Only take a second. I'll be right back. Watch it now, Wes. Skip has taken Hennessy into the back room. He should be back by now. And we can't make a move till Skip's at the front door. What if he doesn't show up? Don't worry about Skip. He'll hold up his end. And we'll just stall along with Jordan? That's the idea. Watch it. Here he comes back. As I was saying, gentlemen... You must understand that I couldn't make a loan until I'd had your property appraised. Uh, that may take several days. Well, I'm feared it can't wait that long. See, we need the money now. We've got a bargain in some beeves up north, Mr. Jordan. Uh, what time is it? Yeah, almost three o'clock. Why? Oh, I don't know. Just wondering. Yeah, I guess ain't time to visit no other banks today. 
They all close for sundown, don't they, Mr. Jordan? Yes, I'm afraid nearly all banks close at 3 o'clock, including our own, gentlemen. Well, we don't seem to be doing no good here. See anything of Bill? Oh, don't worry none about Bill. He'll take care of himself. <laughs> Bill's one of our ranch hands, Mr. Jordan. He don't get a chance to come to town very often. Uh, why don't you gentlemen come in early tomorrow? We'll have more time to talk over your loan. I'm sure we can work it out somewhere. Early? Say about uh, cock crow? Cock crow? Ha, <laughs> ha. I always forget you city fellas don't know how to talk time. Cock crow's five o'clock. Oh, I see. Well, I'm afraid that's a bit early. You see, we don't open our doors to the public until... There's uh... Bill. Where? Yep, I see him. I told you you didn't have to worry none about him. Hmm, he must be pretty warm. Bill's taking off his hat and wiping his head. Yeah, it is pretty warm in the city, especially when you're dressed up in your Sunday clothes. Have a drink of water handy, Mr. Jordan? Water? No, I'm afraid we Ain't don't... Is that one of them newfangled water coolers in that there cage? Oh, yes, but we don't usually... Go on in, help yourself. Mr. Jordan won't care, will you? Oh, no, 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 of course not. But I'll have to unlock the door to the cage. Hmm, sorry to be so much bother. When you're so dry, you're chewing on cactus. There you are. Cooler's over there. Hey, what are you doing in that drawer? Button your lip, Jordan. Now ahead of me. Into the cage. It's you. Why, I didn't recognize... Pipe down and do as you're told. Uh, uh, yes, sir. All tellers, hands over your heads. Step back two paces from your windows. Hold, 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 hold it up. Hold up. Hold up. You there, Blondie. Back two paces. They're all back. Get going with the sack. Now, you. Dump your drawer into this sack. Keep your hands up and your heads down. All right. Number two. Into the sack. You, you'd better do as he says. Yes. Number three window. Empty your drawer into the sack. And don't spill any. Now number four. Thank you, miss. One more. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And I'd advise you to stay away from those buttons. The first person who touches one gets a bullet. That's Bill out there in the doorway. He can hit a dime at a hundred yards. Come on, bring the sack. Back and out. Keep him covered. Take it easy, Wes. Here's the car. I don't see Skip yet. Keep your eye peeled. I'm ready to go. Here he comes. Come in. We made it. There's a soldier signaling. Oh, no time for hitchhikers now. He's an MP. Look at his armband. Yeah, waving us down. I'll slow down. Hey, look, there's somebody coming from the other side. They're jumping on the running board. All right, get him up and into the back seat. We're covered from both sides. Quiet, punk. Keep him covered, Foggy. Blackie North, in a soldier's uniform. That's a federal offense, fella. You know that? Look who's talking. I got him now. Take the wheel, Foggy. North, the gangster from Maggie's intimate drinking salon, apparently heard of a bank robbery deal and had his guerrillas on hand to collect the $200,000 without even going near the bank. On top of that, he still has the diamonds that Captain Friday and Skip Turner planted on him in the hope the police would find them. A pretty good day's work for Blackie North. Listen next week for the third and last episode of You'll Be Dead in a Week. You are listening to... Adventures by Morse.
Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... You'll be dead in a week. Featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder... Come with me. Four o'clock of a sunshiny afternoon in the green foothills north of Hollywood. A sedan raises clouds of dust as it ascends a rising, winding dirt road toward the uninhabited summit. Looking on this innocuous scene... No one would suspect that Captain Friday, Skip, and Wes Carson are prisoners in the back of the sedan. Half-turned in his seat, alongside the driver, is a man dressed in a soldier's MP uniform. He rests a gun on the back of the seat, keeps it pointed at the three in the back. While an army uniform is sacred to most of us, it isn't a Blackie North, notorious gangster. He used this disguise to trap Captain Friday and his companions after they had successfully robbed a bank. But we're getting ahead of our story. We'll start back at the beginning. Last night, Captain Friday and Skip were summoned to Maggie's intimate drinking salon on the Sunset Strip by a mysterious letter. Eve Carson, Beverly Hills heiress, was the writer. Yes, I wrote that letter. I've come to you for help. I'm in trouble. What sort of trouble? About two months ago, my brother Wesley lost consciousness and fell downstairs. Affected his brain? No. No, he's apparently as alert and healthy as ever. But when he went to our doctor to find out why he lost consciousness, the doctor told him, Wes, in a week you'll be dead. Well, you didn't just take one doctor's word for it. Oh, no, Captain Friday. We checked with three other specialists. And they all say in a week your brother will be dead, huh? Yes. Only... Only two days are gone already. I see. Well, of course, we're very sympathetic, Miss Carson, but where do we fit into the picture? Ever since Wes heard the bad news, he's been doing everything that amuses him. Right now, it amuses him to be tied up with Blackie North and his bunch of cutthroats. That's Wes now at the table over there. A clean-looking fellow with those two gorillas? That's your brother? Yes. Oh, if, if you could sort of look out for him, take care of him... Protect him. Protect him from what? Well, wait, from himself, I, I suppose. If he's got to die, at least he can die with a family name clean, not as a, as a criminal. If I get you right, you want us to curb his last week of fun just so you can write he was a good man on his tombstone. I, I want him to have all the fun and excitement he wants. All I'm asking is that you keep him out of trouble, keep him out of jail... Keep him from harm or violence. It's worth $10,000 to me. All right, Miss Carson. It's a bargain. And a bad one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Captain Friday took the job of watching over Eve's brother, Wes Carson, during his last five days. But, as he put it, it was a bad bargain. Wes had become entangled with Blackie North, a Southland gangster who was only one step ahead of the police. 
To further complicate matters, Wes, just for the thrill, had stolen a handful of diamonds from the home of a movie star. Captain Friday solved this problem by planting the gems on Blackie North, then called the police, hoping they would search him, find the gems, and stow him away safely behind bars. Before they were able to accomplish this, however, Wes Carson came up with a startling announcement. He wanted to rob a bank. But here's Captain Friday to tell you about that. Yes, Wes wanted to rob a bank, and there was nothing to do but humor him. We arranged for him to rob his own bank by having his sister deposit $200,000 with the cashier before the robbery took place. Wes, of course, didn't know about this, and everything went off as we planned it. Wes picked up all the money in the teller's cages. We backed out of the bank and ran for the car parked at the curb. Skip Turner covered our getaway. I'm in. We made it. Look, there's a soldier motioning us to stop. Hey, no time for hitchhikers now. He's an MP. Look at his armband. We can't turn the corner without running over him. I guess we better stop and see what he wants. Hey, there's somebody coming at us from the other side. They're jumping on the running board. All right, get him up and into the back seat. Into the back seat before I drill you. Blackie North in a soldier's uniform. That's a federal offense. <laughs> Look who's talking. Take the wheel, Porgy. I'll take their guts. And I don't want to hear a peep out of anybody for ten minutes. You get it? Suckers, hands in the air. And get out one at a time. You first, Friday. I got them covered, Blackie. You next, Carson. No funny stuff or I'll drag Gulch every one of you. Well, you certainly turned the tables on us, Blackie. Now you, wise guy. Just call me Skip. And keep them hands up. Hog's a little nervous with his trigger finger. You said it, Chief. It is kind of itchy. Now get moving, single file, towards those trees. Bring the rope, Hoggy. Coming, Chief. If you want to play soldier, why aren't you in the army, Blackie? Because the army's full of dopes like you guys. I'm smart. I'd rather play you, see? How'd you get that uniform? Roll some poor soldier? People are always giving me things, like diamonds and gunny sacks full of dough. Halt! Well, I must say I approve your taste in nature, Blackie. This is a beautiful spot you picked. You won't think it's no picnic before I get through with you, Carson. What are you going to do, burn us at the stake? You'll pray for burning before long. Lay down, you two. Head's facing that tree. You on one side, Friday, you on the other, wise guy. You mean lie down on the ground? Afraid of soiling your pretty panties? Get down there quick before I bust your skull open. Okay. No need to get rough, Blackie. No? What about that pink tea you gave at my place last night? Yeah, what about it? I got a memory like an elephant. You got a nose like one, too. Yeah, I got it last night. And I ain't forgetting that neither. Shut up, Skip. You're only antagonizing him. All right, you guys. Shove your heads against the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Like this? Okay. Now put your arms around the trunk. Now flatter your back. Anything you say, Blackie. All right. Go to work with that rope, Porgy. Yeah. Get their arms around the tree and tie their wrists. Hey, I feel neglected. Don't I deserve some attention? We got something special in mind for you, Wes. How'd you know we were going to rob a bank today, Blackie? (laughs) You small-time operators... You thought I was out cold last night. You mean you were playing possum? You take a better man than that wise guy you got with you to knock me out. Let that be a lesson to you, Skip. Always be thorough. Fine time to be given out with lectures. Yeah. 
there. I guess they won't slip out of them knots. Let me see them. Yeah, they're good knights. Yeah. But slip them a little tighter. Jenny. These guys got too much circulation already. Okay, they see. There. How do you like that? Fits me just like a tourniquet. Now get their feet, Porgy. Yeah. The same kind of knots. Same kind. And you, Carson, keep those hands up. How about putting him behind my back or something? I've been holding him up a long time. You'll keep him up there. I'll sew your fingers off one by one. Yes, sir. Hey, listen. What's that? What, Chief? I thought I heard a car. Wouldn't be no cars up here. Probably the police after the bank robbers. I didn't hear nothing, Chief. Well, hurry up with that rope. Okay. Since you overheard everything last night, Blackie, then I guess it was your man you had staked outside the Carson home this morning. Sure. We've been tailing you all day. Congratulations. I only saw him once, through the window. You hear that, Porgy? That'll cost you. The fog wound up like a scared window shade, Chief. It never did that before. Don't let him jip you out of your share, Porgy. Shut up, you. All them ropes, Porgy. Well, they're all tied up like fish in a net, Chief. Yeah, good and tight. Good job, Porgy. Maybe I won't find you for that lousy tailing job this time. Thanks, Chief. Say, I can't stand this much longer. Can't I rest my hands and my head? I'm giving the orders, and I said keep them up. I'll get around to you just as soon as I tend to a little unfinished business. And now you, wise guy, you beat me up last night, didn't you? Well, I didn't even hurt you. You said so yourself. But you meant to, and now it's my turn. How do you like this, wise guy? Oh, look here now. You can't kick a man when he's down. Oh, can I? Just watch. Oh, you dirty... Oh, you... Uh, uh, you... Look at that flying tackle. Cut a boy, Wes. Get him. Uh, Hoggy, uh, hit him on the head. Don't shoot. Hit him. Get his head out in the open, Chief. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. I guess that'll stop our little football player. Right, get him right back of the year with the butt, Chief. Good aim. You've yeah. killed him, Blackie. Nah, he'll be all right in a couple of years. If he dies, you'll go to the chair, you know that. <laughs> Who'll tell on me? You guys are going to lay here till you rot. Won't do you no good to yell, neither. Nobody can hear you up here. Listen, Blackie, I don't care about myself, but you'd better take Carson to a hospital. He's bleeding around the ear. He asked for it, didn't he? So long, you guys. Hope you enjoy the wine. Come on, Porgy. How are you, Skip? Okay. Hurt much? Oh, just a couple of busted ribs. Is Wes breathing? Can you see? Yeah, I think he's breathing all right. He's in a bad way. I've got to get him to a hospital. Yeah. Any ideas how we're going to do it? There go our friends. Yeah, I'm glad to see him go if you ask me. But... Porgy must have spent some time at sea. The more I work my wrists, the tighter these knots get. Yeah, same here. Yeah, we're in a pretty pickle, all right. Hey, I wonder if it do us any good to yell. No, nobody'd come up here, even on a hike. Yeah. Makes you feel kind of alone. Yeah. Skip. Yeah? I've got a hunch. What? I think Blackie made one big mistake. What? Tying us both to the same tree. I don't get it. Look, if you slide around a little, your wrist would be directly in front of my face. Try squirming around. Okay. Is that your nose up here? Don't poke your finger in my eye. Hold it. And what you gonna do, stare those knots loose? Yeah, just as I thought. This isn't rope at all, it's sash cord. Well, same thing, ain't it? But it isn't nearly as thick. Hold still. What you doing? Chewing on the rope. I'll rake it, too, if my teeth hold up. You mean you're trying to chew through the strands? Well, that'll take days. Worth trying, anyway. Besides, 
doesn't taste bad at all. Blackie North and his torpedo Porgy overheard the planning of the fake bank robbery and devised a means of cutting themselves in on the $200,000 taken from the bank. The two gangsters, wearing army uniforms, stopped Captain Friday's car, drove to a secluded spot in the Hollywood Hills, and after knocking out Wes Carson, bound Skip Turner and Captain Friday to a tree. The only possibility of escape seemed to lie with the captain's efforts to chew through the sash cord with which Blackie North had tied them. How's it coming, Captain? It won't be long now. I'm on the last train. Well, can you hold out? It's getting pretty dark. Yeah. My jaws are tired and my mouth's full of rope. Well, why don't you rest a while? You've been out of hours. Only three by your wristwatch. It seems a lot longer. It's getting black on the infidel's heart. Has West moved? Mm-mm. He's out cold. That's awful gas he's got behind his ear where Blackie hit. I hope he isn't dead. Poor kid. Well, I can't stop now. Time may save a life. Yeah, go ahead and all. You'll get me someplace all right. I can feel the cord given. Hey, I'll pull on my wrist. It may help some. You know, I ain't sure, but I think I heard West side just now. Yeah, you got to hand it to that kid. He's got what it takes. And if we'd all pitched in on Blackie like he done, we might not be in this pickle. But then on the other hand, we might all be laying flat like West. Yeah, I guess we had a better chance this way. Keep going, Captain. I'm helping all I can. Hey, I'm loose. You did it, Captain. Thanks, Stuart. Good dinner. <laughs> Wait till I get this rope off my wrist and find my knife. It's another mistake Blackie made, not frisking. Yeah, well, how was he to know you had a row of razor blades in your mouth, Captain? <laughs> well, I'm through using my knives for a while. How about yours? I got it. Boy, my hands are so numb, I can't hardly feel it. Now, rub your hands together. Oh, they'll be all right. Here we go. Uh, ooh, like needles of blood running back into your fingers. Yeah, it only hurts for a minute, though. Mine are practically all right by now. Here, I'll cut your feet loose. Now, how about your own? After you. It'll only take a second. Uh, that's it. Now, give me the knife. I'll get yours. Yeah, reckon I would have to be a sort of an acrobat to do it myself. Porgy was right about this being a fishnet. Now, I guess that doesn't. Hoo-wee! What if I can stand up? Yeah, my feet are not so bad. Good thing they left our boots on. Yeah, my feet are a lot better than my hands. Now, let's take a look at Wes. Yeah, here he is over here. Maybe I'll strike a match. Yeah, poor kid, he's bled quite a bit. He's supposed to be. Good, maybe he's got a chance. If we can get him to a doctor. How? We're miles from nowhere. Only one way. Carry him. Help me get him onto my shoulder. Oh, no, you load him onto me, Captain. With two busted ribs, you wouldn't get very far. <laughs> Reckon you're right. All right, up we go. Up. Uh, there. Now, you lead the way to the road. Yeah. That's going to be a long trek into Hollywood. It's getting pretty dark. Yeah, we'll stop at the first house we come to and get help. What, in these disguises? We're giving ourselves up as bank robbers? Yeah, and the papers must be full of our descriptions by now. I bargained to see this kid through. I'll keep my part of it as best I can. But if you want to get Hey, out. boss, you know I'm sticking with you. Here's a rope. <laughs> Sorry, Skip. Oh, sure, I know, Kim. Hey, look, there's a house down yonder. Where? 
I don't remember any house on the way up here. Don't you see that light? No, that's not a house. That light's moving. Yeah. Yeah, it's a car on the winding road. They're coming up the road towards us, too. You suppose it's Blackie coming back? Or the police. Blackie might have tipped him off. What are we going to do? If it's the police, we'll give ourselves up and get some medical attention for Wes. And if it's Blackie? Well, nothing we can do but hide in the brush and let him go by. What if it ain't neither Blackie or the police? Then we'll get him to drive us to a hospital, of course. Well, whoever it is will recognize us from the descriptions in the paper. Well, that's a chance we'll have to take. If it comes, we better get off the road. You make out what kind of a car it is? No, not yet. Coming at a pretty fast clip. Oh, now I can see it. It's a roadster with a top down. Good. Maybe a couple of spooners. How about a hail? Go ahead. Stand out in the road where they can see you. Hey, we need help. That's a girl, alone. Hi, miss. Will you help us? We had an accident. Skip, Captain Friday. What's Miss Carson? Eve, what are you doing here? Oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. Where's Wes? Right here. And badly hurt, I'm afraid. Oh. Got to get him to a doctor, quick. Gideon, is he conscious? No, hasn't been for hours. Now, hold him on my lap. Yeah, that's it. Close the door, Scott. Yeah. Hey, you want me to turn the car around? No, I'll do it. Good girl. Drive slowly over these bumps. Don't want to shake Wes up any more than we can help. Bullet wound? No. Bump on the head with a gun butt. Concussion? I'm afraid so. Blackie North. How did you know? Well, after you left the house, I, I was so worried I couldn't stand it. I jumped in the roadster and drove to the bank. I was parked outside when you came out. Yeah, and you saw Blackie kidnapped us. I, I saw a soldier and another man jump in the car. I knew that wasn't part of your plan, so I got suspicious. You followed us? Yes. But I had to stay far enough behind so I wouldn't be seen. I, I lost you in the hills. I've been looking for you ever since. You're a brave girl, Eve. Let's hope you were in time. Well, I, I feel responsible for all this. I, I'm terribly upset. They were coming to the paved road now. Now you can step on it. Our house is closer than the hospital. I can have the doctor in a few moments. Felt kind of bad walking out on Miss Carson. Nothing we could do. Wes is in the hands of the doctors now. Yeah, sure was a flock of them. Good thing we had time to change clothes and get our makeup off before they arrived. Mm. Eve did a good job on Wes, too. Not a trace of that beard left. Yes, well, kid. Hope we can recover her money. And her car. And I hope those doctors can do something for Wes. Too bad if he has to die like this. Well, at least he had some excitement. If he has to die, I reckon this is the way he'd want it. I'd hope to keep him alive for five more days till his time was up. Mm. Well, it's out of our hands now. Hey, Captain, you want me to carry that package a while? No, thanks. Must be pretty heavy. I'm all right. How's your side? All right. Hurting you? A little. You should have let one of those doctors back at the house fix you up. All you can do for broken ribs, tape it up. Shucks, I've had busted ribs before. <laughs> well, it won't be long now. There's the sign in the middle of the block. Maggie's Intimate Drinking Salon. Yeah. Hey, do you see what I see? Where? Parked at the curb in front. Yes, I believe it is. See Carson's car. Well, if the car's here, then Blackie must be here. And the gunny sack with her money. And don't forget the diamonds. Yeah. Feel up to a tussle? With Blackie North? <laughs> Anytime. What about your ribs? Blackie North broke them, didn't he? Don't ask foolish questions. Excuse me. 
I want to drop in this drugstore for a moment, make a phone call. Who you call her? A couple of friends of mine. Look out for this package while I'm gone. It'll just take me a second. Yeah. I'll get a paper and see what it says about the bank robber. Looks like we got headlines. Let's see, uh, bank robbed of quarter million. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, Skip, I got my call through. Nickel wisely spent, I think. Yeah, I spent one too. Look here at the paper. Well, it was quite a splurge, didn't they? Ooh, they called me young and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> they make quite a point of my paunch and beard. It's good. <laughs> And poor Wes would get a bang out of what they said about him, too. Too bad he can't read it. Well, Skip, we haven't much time for biography. Let's go to work. Yes, sir. It'll be a great pleasure to work on Mr. Blackie Nolan. Well, if we don't see Blackie or Porgy, we'll sit at the bar and have a drink. And if we do see him, well, that's just too bad for them. Blackie must have an office somewhere in the back. Keep your eye peeled for it. That's where the money probably is. Okay, let's go. Not a customer in the house. Well, the bartender, either. I'll look behind the bar. You look in the kitchen. Yeah. Nobody in the kitchen. I left my package back here. May come in handy later. See any more doors? Uh, not a one. There must be an office here somewhere. Why, sure. Else where is everybody? Beats me. Man, this place is like a deserted village. Yeah, there's something screwy here. Yeah. Silent like a haunted house. Hold it. What's that? Sounded like a sliding door. Someone's coming. Sit at the bar, quick. Yeah. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. I did not realize there was anyone at the bar. Kind of deserted tonight. Uh, we cater mostly to the after-theater crowd. Uh, what will be your pleasure, gentlemen? A glass of milk. A glass of... You. <laughs> you are here last night. Well, how sweet of you to remember. But Blackie said... Chief! Had him, Skip. Yeah, come on. You were... Enough. He's out. Anybody hear us? Apparently not. Wonder where he came from. Sounded like a sliding door. Obviously, one of those panels slides back. Hey, maybe he was fetching a drink for somebody. If he was, they'll be after him in a minute. Help me prop him up against the bar. Prop him up? Why? If anyone comes after him, give us a little more time. Oh, I get it. Hey, looks like a wax dummy. Pretty lifelike, all right. Here comes somebody. Grab a stool. Get going, Gene. The chief wants a drink. We. Oui. <laughs> How was that for a French accent? Great. Texas Frenchman. Skip. Yeah? I saw the door. It's in the wall to the left. Oh, come on. Let's go look. Easy now. Right here. This panel. See anything that looks like a button? Mm-hmm. Not yet. Are you sure this is it? I'm positive. Porgy leaned against the wall before the door opened. Maybe this little knot of pine here. Shall I try? Yeah, go ahead. Nothing happens. Can I help you, gentlemen? Hey, the waiter. And he's got a gun. When you knock a person out, you should make sure he is really unconscious, gentlemen. This is the second time you have failed in your objective. No, gone. Guess I'll never learn. I believe you are trying to open the door, gentlemen. If you will put the heel of your boot on the second square of linoleum, 
you will find it will slide back automatically. We ain't so anxious to get in as we were. But I am, gentlemen. I am sure Mr. North will be delighted to see you. And if we refuse? In that case, gentlemen, I shall be forced to commit justifiable murder. What with? My revolver, naturally. Well, you didn't think we'd be silly enough to leave any lead in that gun, did you? Why, I emptied the chambers myself. Didn't you see the bullets in the shaker on the bar? I do not believe you. Grab him. Yeah. I got it thoroughly. I didn't think he'd fall for that old turkey. <laughs> Man, it had whiskers, but it worked. What's going on out here? Gee. Hello, Porgy, old oh. pal. And you too, Blackie. Keep your gun on him, Skip. I'll dust him off. Where did you... How did you... We're g- professionals, Blackie. Why should we explain to you dope? Thanks for the gat, Blackie. You too, Porgy. Oh, and looky at the nice stacks of money on the desk. Well, nice of you to count it for us, Blackie. Is it all there? Listen, you guys, I'll make a deal with you. Keep them up, Blackie, or I'll drive go to you. L- listen, you guys, I- I- I'll split with you. Winner take all, Blackie. I- I'll squeal to the cops. Which reminds me, Skip. Hmm? Bring in that little package at the bar. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, is it behind the bar, Captain? Yes, yeah, near the sink. Now, listen, to some reason, Friday, I... We might make a deal at that. Where's that handful of diamonds we left here last night? Yeah, what kind of a deal? We'll take half the dough and the diamonds and call it quits. Half the dough and half the diamonds? That's reasonable. There's a package, Chief. All right. Just open the package and strew the contents around, Skip. We, as Gene would say. Only he ain't talking. Uh, just lay those clothes on the back of the chair. Boots on the floor. My beard's on the desk near the money. What's the idea of littering the place up with that stuff? These were the costumes we wore this afternoon, Blackie. I thought you might like to use them next time you robbed the bank. I thought we was going to make a deal. Well, where are the diamonds? Right here in my vest pocket. Here. Hey, look out. You're dropping them, Cap. Uh, what's the idea of throwing the diamonds around? Well, I thought we ought to plant a little more evidence. Why, you double-crossed. Hey, he's making a break. Tackle him. I got him. Go after Porgy. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Huh? We've got Porgy. Well, if it ain't the homicide squad. Yeah, I didn't waste any time after my phone call, Lieutenant. What's going on here? They were just making a break. We had to use a little action. Nice job, Captain. Is that the money on the desk? I think you'll find it's the stolen money, Lieutenant. Here's the disguises they wore. Blackie's friend, Gene, is outside the door. Yes, one of my men has him. Huh. What's this on the floor? I think they're the diamonds stolen from that movie star last week. Blackie tried to make a deal with us. Well, Captain, thanks very much for the tip-off. How'd you happen onto it? Miss Carson of Beverly Hills hired us to recover a stolen car. It turned out to be the bandit car. Nice work. And, uh, I believe you said you wanted your name kept out of it. Credit's all yours, Lieutenant. That is, if you let us drive Miss Carson's car away without any further red tape. I think that can be arranged. I just won't mention a car in my report. Thank you very much, Lieutenant. I'll be reading about you in the papers. We have some wonderful news, Miss Carson. All your money has been recovered. Yeah, and your car's in the driveway. That is wonderful news, but I have better. Your brother? The doctor's performed an operation... The blow on his head released a nerve that was strangling his spine. Oh, he's going to live. That is wonderful news. Needless to say, Skip and I are delighted. Yes, sir. And when Wes gets well, I have a hunch he'll be free from Blackie North. And I have a hunch that Blackie North won't be free. You'll be dead in a week. Written and produced by Carlton E. Morse has been another in the series Adventures by Morse, a regular feature over this station.